Good evening, everyone. Tri-City area fans, supporters of Georgia Alabama Sports Live. It's Thrift Barringer alongside my partner in crime, Richard Holdridge. We are live here at Happy Hour Bar and Grill, and we have a great show for you today. Excellent lineup. Um, great guests that are coming on, and we got a lot that we're going to be talking about because high school football is in playoff mode, Richard, and we have a ton of teams vying for either state championships, winning a game to go to the state championship, or continue on in the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Thrift, I'm excited to be back at Happy Hour Bar and Grill for our live show, as you're right, as we did have round one of the playoffs last week. What I did was, I'm a big bracketologist fan. I printed out all the brackets. What do we call it? Footballtology? High school footballtology. Yeah, exactly. We, we're making up words here. But we wanted to make sure that you know, we looked at potential matchups. And we had a big event happen today the GHSA coin flip. We'll get into that later on the show. Yeah, we will. We determine quarterfinal matchups for a. Uh, like seeds, two number one seeds face each other. That determines who gets home field advantage in the next round. We'll talk about that here later on in the show, actually in this first segment. But I'm going to go ahead for all those that are watching on Facebook and YouTube. Here's the guest lineup today. Me and Rich are going to do our thing. We're going to talk, up, update, and review this past weekend's high school playoff uh, games that happened. Preview this week's. Then we're going to give our new top ten for the Tri-City area, our new top ten list. And then here's the guest lineup. We have Athletics Director Tim Fanning from Glenwood. They're making the move from the AISA next year to the AHSAA. That's the Alabama Public School Association. So cannot wait to talk with Coach Fanning at 720. Right after Coach Fanning, we're going to have on Calvary's Athletics Director, Steve Smith, former Columbus Shadahoots uh, uh, manager and now director of operations for the Chattahoots, and he's a Calvary baseball coach. He's going to talk about Coach Brunson, who in his first season at Calvary has one win to go to make it to the state championship. After that, we got on a special guest, Tom Callahan, the play-by-play -play announcer for the Columbus River Dragons. He's coming in studio to talk River Dragons, and for people that are not fans of the River Dragons or don't keep up with the River Dragons, they are a phenomenon around this area. Their fans are rabid, and they love some Tom Callahan, so we're glad to have him on as they have their home opener this Friday. And then after that, we have on Jonathan Hoppy and Tony Reese of WTVM. They're going to talk about some of these high school games that are going on, basketball starting, Auburn, Georgia, Alabama. We're going to be touching it all with our guests, Richard. I'm excited about that lineup, and I'm really excited that we're able to share the sports knowledge that we have attained and by doing shows and just continuing to give you the best coverage here in the Chattahoochee Valley. We're going to give a shout-out to Matt Cole and Happy Hour Bar and Grill for allowing us to come now for our third week out of the last month and a half, and it's been a lot of fun, and we're going to continue to do this. Also, PMB Broadcasting, Dave Arwood was just here in the building, uh, my good friend, and boss at PMB Broadcast, and we appreciate their support of everything we do. And uh, we got a great week of broadcasting. So yesterday, we had the Glenwood Coaches Show. We also had CVCC Girls that was live on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. The show today, Wednesday, we're doing CVCC Boys basketball game. Thursday, we're broadcasting the Glenwood State Championship game 
on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. So if you don't want to drive up to Montgomery, it's okay. We're going to have it live for you on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. And on Friday, it's a Calgary semifinal game. So we have a lot in store for you. So let's go ahead and get into the nitty-gritty, and let's talk about what happened this past week in the Tri-City area. First, we'll start off with Harris County, hosting a playoff game for the first time in 10 years. If they were able to win last Friday's game, which they did, they would get the win number 10. That's 10-1 on the season, and that is the most wins in Harris County history. So shout-out to Coach Tommy Watson. Shout-out to Rick Beach of Kudzu Sports as they took care of business against Ola, 42-20, a triple option team. Was no match for Matei Yeoman and that Harris County Tigers. Close game in the first half, like all Harris County games, but in the second half, they started rolling, and they ended up winning that by 22. They imposed their will against a good 7-3 Ola team that was the fourth seed. Harris County was the number one seed. A great win. Matei Yeoman just continue feeding him the rock. And just Levi Watson just leading that offense. And that defense led by D-Rock. They just have an D-Rock Brooks. Team. Yes. yes. D-Rock Brooks, the former safety for the New Orleans Saints. But, you know, he's been anchoring that defense and giving him the, just the commands and just all around a great effort against a good Ola Mustangs team. No doubt. Carver took care of business against Academy of Richmond County. We knew this was going to be a blowout. Academy of Richmond County is 4-6 on the season. Carver won 40-2. That's all i got to say about it. Carver plays Upson Lee this Friday. Winner goes to the quarterfinals. Big win for uh, Coach Coffey's Carver Tigers, and they're doing their thing in the playoffs, as always. And if you look at the other side of the bracket, this is a shocker. Sandy Creek got upset in the first round. Yeah. In fact, Adairsville, the number one seed, got upset. So the winner of this Upson Lee Carver game, which is going to be at Kennett Stadium, is going to host the quarterfinal matchup, even though they're on the bottom of the bracket. But the Carver Tigers continue doing what they do. They have a great team and just great leadership. A young team that just continues to get better after every single game. Yeah, exactly right. And they were 2-3 and three at one point in the season. They have now won six straight games and they're eight and three now heading into the second round matchup this Friday night. Northside, Jones County beat Northside 42 to 21. I picked the upset, but I knew it was a long shot. Jones County's really good. Ola's in that same uh, region and Jones County just too much for Northside to handle. But again, Caden Clay, uh, Kingston Rivers, majority of their team, they come back next year. So a six and five season, losing in the first round, third place in the region. Really good season for Coach Orpeza. After last year went 10 and one, 10 and two, won their region, had to replace a lot of starters and continue to still win. I know that's a step in the right direction for that program. Absolutely, for a young team that the Northside Patriots have, Coach Orpeza, getting them into the playoffs. And you know that Caden Clay is going to come back. He's only a sophomore. And then you also have Kingston Rivers coming back. Well, Caden Clay's actually a junior. He was a sophomore last year. So you got some leadership that's coming back for the Northside Patriots. And, you know, they're going to be in a different region next year with the reclassification. So that's something else we could talk about later in future shows. Central, they're on Somerville Road. Five minutes down the street right from Happy Hour Bar and Grill. Central beat Davidson 63-21. to Andrew Alford had five touchdown passes wow. in the first half. Central dominant win, and the Red Devils are the favorite to win another state championship. Their first since 2018. Great job 
by the Central Red Devils beating Davidson. Well, when Andrew Alford has a trio of receivers and Cam Colin, Dalen Upshaw, and Dylan Gentry, I mean, that's pretty good. And then they have an all-around team, and guess who they get to play next? I'll let you uh, And we'll talk, talk about, about that. that game. They play their rival, and that's one of many, ga many games this season, I mean, excuse me, this week, that are rivalry games in the playoffs. That's how good it is this week in the Tri-City area. Spencer beat Vidalia 41-34. Again, Spencer, they were on the ropes majority of that game, but they were able to take care of business and win by seven. Auburn beats Baker 21-0. They set up that matchup against Central. Big wins for Auburn and Spencer. The Spencer Greenway, if they win a playoff game, they're going to be hosting a playoff game at Otis Spencer Stadium. I can't remember, when was the last time that two schools in Columbus, public schools, hosted home playoff games in the second round? Yeah, it's been a long time. To have this many is pretty incredible. Uh, LaGrange beats Westover. Troop County beats Cairo. That's for people outside the Grange area. I know you work up there, so you, you cover a lot of the Grange sports. So great job by them. And Shaw, Johnny Gardner's first season, they go on the road to face a really, really, really good Sars Mills team. And they got dominated, as we expected. But this is a step in the right direction for a program that has a lot of great history, but just hasn't been able to live up to that history the last four or five seasons. Johnny Gardner's got them in the right direction, even though they lost good season for the Raiders. Stars Mill is a powerhouse that used to be in 5A. They were a team that won the region. This is the region that LaGrange and Troop County are in. Stars Mill beat both of them. And uh, Stars Mill is going to make a deep playoff run. I mean, yeah. Shaw had a good season in Coach Gardner's first year. And they're just going to continue to improve. And, you know, as they go into a new uh, classification, they go down to 2A with a most of – in fact, all the public schools except Northside are all going to be in the same region. So yeah. it should be very interesting next season. Yeah, so on the Sports Visions radio show – Yesterday, and we got another one on Thursday, 4 to 6 p.m., 92-1, Smooth R&B. We had on Jeff Battles, the athletics director for Muskogee, Muskogee County. He was excited that seven of the eight schools in Muskogee County, public schools, are going to be all in the same region. Now those games mean a lot more than they did because a lot of the teams, they did face each other. But now they have meaning to it because you win those games, you win a region championship. So can't wait for that as we got two of our great guests coming in. Right now, I already see my man Steve Smith walk into the building. We'll have him on in just a moment. Also, Coach Tim Fanning, AD for Glenwood Gators. Can't wait to have them on here. George Alabama Sports Live Show, Happy Hour Bar and Grill. We're going to save the preview games for when Hoppy and Reese come on. So what I'm going to do is, Richard, we're going to put up on the screen. And also, Chris, can you put up, for those that are watching online, the new GAS Live rankings. And I, they're not rankings, they're a ratings, power rating system. All right, for those who don't know how we do our ratings, all right, we, we know head-to-head -head that if, let's say, Glenwood and Carver played on the same field, we'd probably pick Carver. Carver would probably dominate that game. We're not doing head-to-head. -head. We're doing best chance to win in your league, a state championship, dominance throughout this season, and the talent that is on your team. That is our criteria. With that being said, Here's our rankings. Obviously, number one is Central. They're ranked nationally. So why would they not be ranked number one in the GAS live poll? Number two, I think it's the biggest surprise in this area, the Harris County Tigers, 10-1, and one, and been number two now for about four or five weeks straight. They are on a 10-game win streak after that loss to Troop County to start the season.
Harris County just continues getting better, and they really put the whole state on notice when they upset Sandy Creek, and they, they just continued rolling, beating Northgate, beating Northside, beating McIntosh, and beating Ola in the first round of the playoffs. And, yeah. You know, they just continue this momentum, and they get to host another playoff game. Yeah, they do. So Harris County Tigers, number two. Number three, Glenwood Gators. Their only loss is the Chambers, and talking with Coach Nelson, he thought that that game should have been won by the Gators. 10-1 on the season. Glenwood heading to the state championship game to take on Lee Scott this Thursday. They're number three in the poll. Number four is the Pacelli Vikings. They lost to the Glenwood Gators. They got two losses on the season. Guess who they, guess who they played this Friday for a quarterfinal matchup? The Brookstone Cougars are rivals. Right. So we got Glenwood Lee Scott, a rivalry in the state championship. We got Brookstone Pacelli, a rivalry for the quarterfinals. And then we got Auburn Central, a rivalry in the quarterfinals as well. That's all happening right here in this area. That's how good football is in the Tri City area. But Pacelli, number four. We have, and I counted it, a total of six playoff games this weekend here in the Tri City area. I mean, you can't ask for a better lineup. You got. Pacelli hosting Brookstone. You got Calvary Christian hosting a playoff game. You got Central hosting a playoff game. You got Spencer Carver, Harris County hosting playoff games. It is absolutely incredible. Pacelli Vikings, 8-2 on the season. They did lose to Westfield, and when they lost to Westfield the last game of the season, that put Pacelli as the number three seed. So they are not going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs because they lost that game to Westville. But if they beat Brookstone, they will go on the road to face the two seed, Bullock. Number five is Carver. Since they were two and three, they won six straight. And they look every bit now with Sandy Creek losing in their side of the bracket as a team that can go all the way to the final four. Heck, why not even win a state championship? Coach Pierre Coffey in the right direction. Spencer, same thing. Back-to-back -back region chance for Joseph Kegler. Finally, gets that playoff win. That monkey off his back. They beat Valdalia 41-34, and the Spencer Greenways host another playoff game this Friday at Otis Spencer Stadium. Five and six, Carver and Spencer. That was a huge win for the Spencer Green Wave on a Saturday afternoon at Otis Spencer Stadium. Vidalia is a good team, yep. and they were able to get the 41-34 victory. Just Gary Gaither, just that experience as a three-year starter, I think it makes all the difference. Dre Duncan anchoring that defense. And I, I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I cannot wait for that second-round matchup. I know we're going to have... Uh, Jonathan Hoppy and Tony Reese on to talk about that. I'm getting excited. Yeah, and if Spencer wins, guess what? They'll probably play the winner of Callaway and the, against their team. So if Spencer and Callaway face off, wow. it, guess what the game will be? It will be Otis, Otis, Spencer, Otis Stadium Spencer Stadium in Columbus, Georgia. Exactly. All right, round out the rest of our top ten. Seven, Lee Scott, they play Glenwood, state championship. Chambers, number eight, they play in the state championship, 11-1. and one. Number nine, Auburn, number nine, tied with Auburn, Flint River. And then in our top ten, and honestly could have been a little bit higher, but Richard didn't want to put him higher. So, Coach C. Smith, when you come on, you blame Richard for this. Calvary Christian, six and four in Coach Brunson's first season and has them one win away for playing for a state championship. I know many people thought, like, how is this guy getting a job? He doesn't have any experience. Calvary, they lose. Coach Osborne, a great coach. They're obviously going to go down the drain. Guess what? They're about to be in the state championship if they can take care of business this weekend. And that's all from Coach Brunson and his staff. Look, don't be fooled by their 6-4 and four record. They are 6-1 and one against Gaps teams, and they beat the defending Gaps champions, Cherokee Christian, to start the season. 
They play a tough Kings Academy team. They, they lost to them 27-3, but that was up in Woodstock, Georgia. This is going to be in front of that home crowd, those fans at Calvary Christian, a playoff game. It's going to be an electric atmosphere, and Calvary Christian is one win away from going to the Gaps Championship game. And what Coach Brunson has done has been absolutely incredible. It's just the development of Calvary just continuing to improve, and I've been truly impressed. I have been impressed as well, Richard. And before we go to break, I do want to give a shout-out to someone special. It is the chairman of the Glenwood Alumni Association, Chuck Hall, who has gone out of his way to make sure that we can broadcast this game along with Coach Fannin. This Thursday night, it was a big deal for me as a guy that graduated from Glenwood to call the state championship game. So having Chuck Hall being able to help me get the needs that we need to make sure that that game and broadcast can happen. So shout out to him. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from great, we got two great guests coming up here on Georgia, Alabama Sports Live. Welcome back to Georgia Alabama Sports Live Show here at Happy Hour Bar and Grill. And as you can see, we got two great-looking gentlemen right in the middle of two ugly guys, and myself and Richard. Coach Sam Fanning, the Athletics Director of Glenwood, and the head baseball coach who's won several state championships, nine. And then over here on the other side is a guy that's won five state championships and is the AD for Calvary and the baseball coach. So we got two of the best baseball coaches and ADs in the area. Gentlemen, thank you all so much for joining us. Oh, appreciate you having us. All right, so I was kind of nervous beforehand because I really wanted to have them on at the same time, but, you know, some people can be fickle on how they want to go on and promoting their schools, but these two guys are friends, and they've always been a supporter of ours since the very beginning, since we started this endeavor back in, uh, what would I say, February or March, and we did both their state championship games last year, so I appreciate both of you all for doing that. We'll start with you, Coach Fanning, first. We've got to do this. Let's go ahead and get out the hard stuff out of the way. We talked a little bit last week on game day, but this is different doing it on our show. Glenwood's making the move to the AHSAA. I made sure I said it right. The Public School Association. Talk about why that move was critical and beneficial for the Glenwood Gators' future and past people that support the programs. Well, first of all, like, <clears throat> I think it's a common misconception. People call it the Public School Association, okay? Right. Basically, it's the state association, okay? Because there's almost 60 private schools that are within the AHSA as well. So, right. um, two A's, AHSAA, -A, right. not GHSA. Right, there's only one A in the Georgia yeah. side, two A's Because I've been called on that a couple times already. So. <laughs> um, no, it's just, you know, it's something that we – you know, thought about for a really long time at Glenwood. Um, you know, we just felt like it was the time and the best thing for all our student athletes, you know, um, male and female. So um, it's, you know, like we talked about, you know, on Thursday is, you know, the relationship we had is 53 years old with AISA. So there's been a lot of great things. It's just, you know, and talking to a lot of our alumni, I mean, it's not the same AISA that it was. It's it's half the size that it used to be. So if you're talking about having 16 sports and 32 teams, that's a lot of travel. We're not just talking about football Friday nights. We're talking about Tuesdays and Thursdays, basketball, volleyball, baseball, softball, right. all these different things. And you're having to travel two hours on a weekday 
you know, that's just not what's best for our student athletes. So um, we just felt like it was the right time. Um, you know, the board did their due diligence and, um, you know, backed the administration on what we were trying to do. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited and looking forward to it because, to be quite honest, I want to share what we have, our kids and our community and our fans and, and the great people we have with the rest of the state of Alabama that we haven't been able to do that with. I think that's a great answer, and I'm excited about it. Richard, you go ahead and start with Coach Smith. Coach Smith, uh, let's talk about just the development of just your programs at Calvary. Just, just an incredible job. The hirings of Coach Brunson for football, Coach Gordon for basketball. Your baseball team winning five straight GAPS championships. You got the Calvary football team that's one win away from the GAPS championship. But uh, just tell us about going into – just a school year and just that development of getting these coaches to buy into what Calvary is about when it comes to athletics and not just athletics, but also growing spiritually and academics too at the school. Yeah. So, uh, obviously I came in towards the, uh, the middle of the second semester last year. So really, you know, just trying to get a handle on where we were at with everything, getting a chance to, uh, really create relationships with the coaches that we uh, that we had in place and just start to begin the evaluation period of where we're at with each of our programs and then how best can uh, I help come alongside and help promote and, and, and push them maybe in some areas, um, but also the, the crossover of sport to sport and being able to have a lot of that uh, camaraderie between all of our sports. I feel like we've done a really good job over the last seven, eight months really trying to promote that. And then really what we've looked at is where do we have some gaps and where do we need to uh, we, we need to address some different things. We, uh, we've talked about it a couple times on the program, just what we did with strength and conditioning in the offseason and the impact that that had. And not only for this year, but what we're doing is setting that foundation for all of our athletes going forward where we have the, uh, the strength and conditioning uh, basically mapped out for them for the entire summer. Um, bringing in high quality caliber guys, uh, like you mentioned about Coach Gordon, uh, Coach Brunson, and even Coach Norton. Um, you know, our, our girls basketball coach, he's, uh, he's done a tremendous job early on just kind of setting uh, the, the foundation again for the girls season this year. Um, coach Gordon, uh, you know, they're, they're two games in and I love what I see. I what the first basketball practice he had. <laughs> I talked to him right after, and he came came up to me. and He was like, "This is going to be a great year." The second day, and I just told him like, "Temper your expectations." The second day, he came in and he was like, "Coach, this is terrible." And I'm like, "Look, you're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are, but just continue to be consistent." And that's what he's done. He's done a really good. He's a developer at heart. Um, Coach Brunson, you know, you look at you look at the whole football season. Uh, and just the way that the team has just continued to just create an identity that didn't really feel like they had at the beginning of the season, but they pushed through there, a second-half team. Defensively in the second-half team, they make adjustments. Right. Um, we're excited about going into the game against uh, Kings Academy. They wore us out the first time we played them. Uh, it's one of the two games this year that has kind of gotten away from us. The other one was Flint River. Um, so we're excited to get another opportunity against them. Feel like we're going to have the adjustments to be able to make against them. I can't wait for it. By the way, that's the same team you played in the state championship for baseball. Absolutely. So this program definitely wants to take out Calvary, but we cannot wait for the semifinal. All right, Coach Fanning, let's. I know they didn't take them out in baseball. 
Oh, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 36 to nothing in yeah. the two games they faced off against yeah. each other. Yeah. So he could be humble all he wants, but it was yeah. a dominant performance for the Calvary Christian baseball program. All right, you talked about Coach Brunson. Now the floor is yours to talk about Coach Nelson, who I think has done a tremendous job in his two years at the helm, and he has a team that is a favorite and hopefully will come home with that championship trophy. So talk about this season as a Glenwood Gator and talk about Coach Nelson, what he means to the football program. Well, first of all, I want to say, too, I, I enjoy seeing Steve wear a different hat, <laughs> having to be over, like, all of it in – because it's it's um, it's intense. It is. It is, and, and you get you get hit with things that you're like, seriously, like I gotta deal with this. You, <laughs> right, exactly. So anyway, it's right. awesome. It's awesome. Um, so Coach Nelson, you know, and we we've talked about this before. Is you know, he brings an energy to our program, and you know, a consistency, um, and he's just. To be quite honest, he's recruited the crap out of our school. And, I mean, I've never had this many. I have 18 varsity baseball players that play football. You know what I mean? And yeah. and it's awesome. And it's grown every year. It was, you know I mean, we all of our studs that, you know, went to college and played baseball, they all played football last right. year, you know. And, and that grew even more. And I think he's done a good job of, of – of not only making it fun, but um, being consistent, disciplined, and stuff that the kids are used to. So, I um, mean, we dressed out, you know, almost 70 football players, you know, in, in three, you know what I mean? So, it's pretty incredible. I mean, he's a good coach, X's and O's, and he's always going to be ready. As coaches, they, they work tirelessly um, to have the kids ready, and, and I think they believe, you know, and it's just – it's really come down to – you know, um, being ready Thursday night when the lights are the brightest and um, you got to make the plays. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, you know, we've been in this situation, you know, I think four times in the last seven or eight Three in the years. last four, four right. in the last seven. Right. So we just haven't been able to get over the hump. And um, the kids deserve it. The coaching staff deserves it. Um, you know, and it's – it's been a long time since Glenn was won a football state championship, and um, the alumni deserve it. And you know, there's there's a lot that's gone into this, and I just, I just hope the kids are ready and and uh, don't do anything different. Do what they've been doing, and just give it everything they got and lay it all on the line. 8 p.m. The Crampton Bowl. Lee Scott and Glenwood cannot wait for that matchup. But now I know you talked about Coach Brunson, Coach Smith, but you went out on a on a I wouldn't say a leap of faith, but for most people, when they see a coach that didn't have any experience, okay, wasn't even a coordinator at the high school level yet, you decided that he was going to be the lead man, and he has done a fantastic job. Why did you decide, you know what, this is our guy, and then you suck your guns to it. You didn't waver off of it. You struggled a little bit maybe midseason, still believed in him, and now you're at a point where you can win a state championship. So why did you decide to take that leap of faith and hire a guy that may not have experience but it's still doing an excellent job in his first season. You know, when we went through the interview process, we had probably 25 to 30 people that had applied for it. We had, uh, we probably went to the interview process maybe with about 10 to 12 guys. And um, and really, the couple of things that stood out to me, and again, I, I, I've said this before, I'm not necessarily looking for a guy that's just 
a world beater on the X's and O's side. I feel like as you you coach more, you get better and better on that. I'm looking for someone that can create an environment, um, you know, that is is going to be something that's going to generate energy inside of the program. Someone right. that can connect with kids, and for me, someone that's also going to be able to develop at a high level. I feel like those things, those components, that those are the winning, the winning. That's the winning formula inside of a program that allows you to do it year after year and not it to be that, hey, depending on the class that we have and the talent that we have, we're going to be successful. That allows you to actually build a program. He had a heart for it. He had a hunger for it. Um, you know, obviously, when you hire someone with no experience, you're you're taking a you're taking a gamble. That's a risk. Um, but I just felt like, hey, look, I, I, I don't I'm and I told him, I told both him and Coach Gordon, I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to be patient. I want I want to see us that we're setting the foundation for years to come. And if we have success right away, we have success right away. But I, I want you to understand we're, we're trying to do this for the long term. How can we build a sustainable program, not just for a couple years, not just for a year or two, make a run, and then we drop off the map. How can we do this for a long time? So, um, again, that development piece is huge. Uh, and what he's done is he's just been hungry the entire time. His coaching staff, they've been extremely hungry the entire season just trying to get those guys to be better than they were from week one and week after week. That's awesome. Coach Fanny, talk about some of the other programs that have had success over the past year, such as volleyball, soccer. How have the teams been doing and in their final year in the AISA? Uh, what are some of the things that, that they have grown on and improved? Well, um, our cheer program, Coach Marriott's amazing. They, you know you got to give her a shout-out. Oh, yeah. They, they – um, you know, they won the state championship again this year, back-to-back. Uh, -back. And and then um, volleyball, Coach Strength, she's, she's amazing. I mean, they went to their fourth straight title. They didn't win it. They lost in the championship this year, but had won three straight. Um, you know, so – and then basketball's getting cranked up, and our, our uh, soon-to-be uh, Hall of Famer, Dusty Purdue, just wanted <laughs> to make sure we uh, put that out there again. No I know we tested it. about, you know yep. – Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame uh, inductee, uh, Coach Purdue, and and they're going to get cranked up. Girls already started, uh, got off to a good start. Yep. You know, we return a lot in our girls, and um, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, they, they should have a shot at winning it as well. So, you know, you don't really know about the boys yet just because football's still going on and several of those, those guys, pretty much all of those guys are right. playing football. Right. Um, so – They'll get cranked up here in another week. And, you know, we got baseball tryouts, soccer tryouts are going on tonight and tomorrow. You know, trying, you're trying to squeeze it all in. And, and Steve knows this, too. When you have a school that's our size, and, and our schools are pretty much the same about size. And, right. But, I mean, you know, there's probably 75% of your upper school plays some kind of sport. Well, that's a lot of overlap. And what he touched on as far as cohesiveness between all the programs and, and having to try to fit all that stuff in, it's not easy sometimes, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, that's just where we are. We're just in the grind, you know, ready to get to Thanksgiving to have a little break, you know. And um, it's been a great year so far. I don't expect anything less the rest of the year, um, you know. I don't know. Maybe we'll play Lee Scott in every state championship. I, I don't know, you know. But yeah. uh, it didn't happen in volleyball, but uh, we played Hooper. Um, so I'm really excited. 
you know, and uh, future looks great. Um, school enrollment is healthy. Uh, you know, Mr. Davidson, our, our um, headmaster, head of school, whatever, whatever's vogue now. Right. I, you know, I, it's hard to keep up sometimes, but I call him headmaster. <laughs> right. And um, he's just salt of the earth and has our school going in a great direction. And um, just love going to school every day there. Yep, and I, I enjoyed my, my time there. I also enjoy being able to be a part of the Calvary program. Pacelli, I try to put my hand in everything, and I try to wear everybody's hat because I am so proud to what is being represented in the Tri-City area. I want to ask two more questions, gentlemen. One question is going to be for both of you, but this question is for you, Coach Smith. Just real quickly, you decided to step down as the Chattahoots uh, baseball coach. We talked about it on the Sports Vision radio show, but I want to talk a bit on George Alabama Sports Live. You decided to step down and be the director of operations, and you gave it to your lead assistant. So talk about the new Chattahoots coach, because we've got a lot of Chattahoots fans out there, and your new role with that organization, Ignite Sports. Sure. You know, it, for me, it was a uh, personal decision that um, – you know, I feel like what I need to be able to commit to Calvary on a uh, calendar basis, um, that taken two and a half, three months, um, and that's just in the season. That doesn't include the recruiting and the amount of time that goes into that. I didn't feel like it would be the right thing to go through another season doing that. Uh, to, someone was going to miss out on something. So, And, and he's did, married, too. And I'm married. married. I'm trying yeah. to stay married. Um, so... McClendon Hill is my, uh, he's been my assistant coach the last three years with the Hoots. Um, he was also m uh, my first middle school head coach when I first took over at Calvary. Wow. So he, uh, you know, we've known each other for a, a pretty long time. He's been the assistant coach over at Columbus High School for, I think, the last six years and does a tremendous job over there for Coach Mathis. Um, but he's just consistent. He does the right thing um, in terms of being able to turn something over to him and be able to continue to take what we've done for the last three years right. and make it even better. I think he's the right guy to be able to do that. Um, another very relational guy. Guys love playing for him. He's not going to have an issue with that, and he's a really good X's and O's guy. So I'm uh, really proud of Mac and, and him getting the opportunity. For me, I'm going to move into They've got it called as vice president. I'll be more of an advisor. So basically just as he needs help with anything, I'm there to help support him. All right, so last question for both of you guys is what makes your program so successful over these last 10 years for you, last 15 years for you, and then you can piggyback too how that makes you a great athletics director because you want all your programs to be great, but it starts with the sport that you love and that you're in charge of first. So that's the question. I know it's a loaded question, but <laughs> Coach Bannon and then right. Coach Smith. Well, I mean, to be quite honest, you know, Cutting my teeth under Coach Trawick and Coach Key and Mr. Hayes. I mean, I had the greatest examples you could possibly have to to see how um, not just how your sport affects the school, but how all the sports affect the school. And 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 I keep saying, especially at a school our size, how integral it is in the entire educational process of of where we go. You know. Yeah, I played college baseball, but I, I played three sports in high school until one of my coaches told me not to play basketball. <laughs> we won't talk about that, but I ended up still playing football and baseball the entire time. And so I knew right away that having a great football season, it really catapults 
the whole school year, you know, and and we've had years where that wasn't the case, you know what I mean? And I, and I know what that does. So um, I guess to answer your question, like, is just learning and watching um, other great men that were coaches, I think I was able to kind of soak that in and, and see um, really just how to lead people, not necessarily – my sport particularly right. but just people in general and and i try to you know because coaching coaches is a, a very big thing to me right so um and i and i try to get them to understand it's not like you're not working for me you're working with me you know and you need to make everyone in your organization whatever that is to feel that way right you know because ultimately you want them to do the best job they can possibly do if they feel like they're working for something bigger than themselves and that you're going to do anything that they'll do, um, the sky's the limit for your school in our in our case. I think that's a great answer, Coach Smith. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I think has made us successful over the last 10 years really, when I first came in, I really wanted to create an environment that kids had the freedom to be themselves and for them to never question that their coaches care about them, love them, um, and that we're going to push them to be their absolute best. I think that makes for an environment that kids want to be a part of. It's attractive. Um, our kids, when they leave our program, they're extremely proud that they've, they've had an opportunity to play for us. Uh, and, and what that's done is that's allowed us to be able to grow over the years. Um, you know, the, the winning, in, in my opinion, it always is a byproduct, I think, of doing things the right way. Uh, it's not our focus. I think maybe in my first couple of years, I was very, and, and Tim and I used to, used to talk a lot, probably my second and third year, um, and I would tell him about how he, he challenged me just on, just on when we would play them. I always watch, I'm, I'm very observant on, on when we play other teams. Um, and, and so that's a testament to his, you know, to his program. But it's not about the winning. It didn't really... Like I said, the first couple of years, that probably was a little bit higher on the scale for me. It's way more about we're going to do things the right way. We do them the right way. We do them consistently, and that produces winners. And winning, when you produce winners, that produces wins on the field, and that ultimately you're not going to win a state championship every single year. Um, you don't want to look back at your season and say it was a failure based on wins and losses. How did we reach these kids? For us also, it comes down to the spiritual side as well. How are we able to impact them? in having a relationship with God. So, I mean, that's a, all of that encompassed. That's, I think, what, what has made us successful. Um, and, and so really what we're looking for is how do we, how do we, how do we have that same experience for all of our kids and all of side of our, all of our sports. And that's where, when you have incredible coaches that are over all these programs, like Tim said, you're just working alongside them. Yeah. And at times you might be able to throw them a little nugget of something that might be able to help them. Or sometimes it is they just need someone to come and talk to, and you might be able to give them a little bit of a different perspective. It's not changing everything. It's really just trying to complement what they're already doing. Well, guys, I appreciate your time and coming up here and hanging out with us. Like I said, uh, I try not to get emotional, but y'all too saw the vision that I had with Georgia Alabama Sports Live, and you've been on it since the very beginning. And I, you, I cannot understate how much that meant to me, guys. It really did. It meant a lot to me. And I'm excited to be there for the semifinal game this Friday for Calvary. State championship game on Thursday. Coach Sam Fanning, Glenwood Athletics Director, and Coach Steve Smith, Athletics Director for Calvary. We're going to take a quick break. we got great guests here on Georgia, Alabama Sports Live. We just made it 
because the biggest star in media in the Columbus, Phoenix City area just walked in Happy Hour Bar and Grill, Mr. Tom Callahan, the play-by-play -play announcer for the Columbus <laughs> yeah. River Dragons. So we'll be talking with him in just a moment. Cannot wait. Uh, but it's Thrift Behringer, it's Richard Holdridge, it's Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We just had the AD for Coach, Fan Coach Fanning of the Glenwood Gators and the AD, Coach Smith of the Calvary Christian Knights as both of their football programs um, are going to be playing either for a state championship or win a game to play in the state championship. But now we got two good friends of mine. We got Jonathan Hoppy, the sports director for WTVM, and then his partner in crime, Tony Reese, the first time on Georgia Alabama Sports That's Live right. Show. Thank y'all for coming on, gentlemen. Uh, make sure we can hear him on his mic. Tony, do you mind? Oh, no, we don't. Oh, there we go. So we were just making sure that we yeah, could hear no, no. Tony. Tony's just testing us right there. <laughs> All right. First things first, let's get into the nitty-gritty, guys. Before we start going into all the games that are happening right now, we got a lot of teams that either are hosting playoff games, playing in state championships. I asked this once before. I'm going to ask it again. I'm going to start with you, Hop. Is this the best, since you've been here, that we've had football-wise collectively in the Tri-City area? It is pretty incredible. It's always tough to answer that because you want to say, yes, it's the best, but uh, – Every year it seems like we have so many teams, but this year it does seem like we have a lot of teams making deep runs. I right. mean, you look at the teams hosting this week, we could have an ample number of teams hosting next week mm -hmm. in the quarterfinals. I saw they did the coin flip, uh, which went in the way of a couple of our teams, uh, including Harris County, by the way, if they yep. can get past Statesboro. So it is very exciting. I, I will tell you this, it's definitely spread across the map when you look at Callaway, LaGrange, Troop, all the way down to Sly, Harris County, Spencer, and Carver in the quarterfinals. Right. So uh, I'm not going to disagree with your statement. <laughs> I think if we get the numbers out there, I think we'd be pretty satisfied. Tony. Man, we talk about this since I've been here just watching, being a local guy too, man, seeing all these teams, so many teams making deep runs, so many one loss, almost no loss at all teams, man. And it's, you look across the board from 1A all the way up to private schools, everything in between, all the way to 7A. There's so many good teams on the board still, man, and I think most of them might just possibly walk to the state championship. Jonathan, you mentioned about the GHSA coin flip that happened today, which is going to favor And teams. explain that because I know oh, so, you've been itching oh, to explain <laughs> this coin flip scenario that went down. Yeah, he got really week. excited when oh, yeah, I he said Yeah, he was like, I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about the coin it. flip. The coin flip is if two number one seeds meet in the quarterfinals. There we go. The team on the top of the bracket, which in our case, in 5A would be Harris County, in 2A it would be Spencer, would get home field advantage in the quarterfinal. Of course, they're going to do another coin flip for the semifinals. It doesn't matter with Carver, because Sandy Creek surprisingly lost their first round matchup. Right. Adairsville got upset, and so the winner of Carver, Upson Lee, which will be at Kennett Stadium, which I've never seen two public schools in Columbus host Round two games. I mean, I don't think it's happened. Yeah, it's it hasn't big. happened in a while. But it doesn't matter if Carver wins, they will host a quarterfinal game at either Kinnett or Otis Spencer, but hopefully at Kinnett because uh, I cannot wait if Spencer – and they, by the way, they got a very tough matchup with the Fitzgerald they Purple do. Hurricane. Won a state title in 2021. That's the team that Callaway beat in 2020, and they lost to Thompson last year in 2022 that's a tough matchup but if they can get past Fitzgerald 
we might have a quarterfinal matchup between Spencer and Callaway at Otis Spencer Stadium. Man, oh that man. would be something, wouldn't it? That, yeah, I that, totally agree. You talk be... about two of the top mm. programs in our city, man, just like in our area, just watching those go at it. And we go back to that Spencer game over the weekend, man. It started, that game was really close early on, and to watch them come out and win, it's impressive just to see what that team is doing over there, Coach Kirk and his guys. Think about what's at stake, too. You talk about Spencer. If they win this game against Fitzgerald, Gosh, that's got to be one of their best wins in a long, long time. Absolutely. I mean, and they're at home. I think it's going to be a tough one to get, but I think they can get it. Can't wait to see how that one plays out. Yeah, I can't either. Let's go ahead and get into the games, guys, quickly. We'll start with Thursday's state championship game since that's going to be the first one that happens in this area. We'll be there live. Glenwood and Lee Scott, last time these two teams faced off, it was a really good game. It was a shootout. Glenwood ended up winning by two touchdowns. Where do you see this game playing out? I know you cover for both schools, so how good of a game do you think it could be, Hop? Huh? I think it's going to be excellent. I really do. Based on the regular season meeting that we saw, I think everyone's given Glenwood the edge this year, as they should. Glenwood has been the better team this season, and even though they lost to Chambers Academy, that doesn't phase me as someone who watches Glenwood. You know what they can do. Dallas Crow is one of the best playmakers in the area. No doubt. But Lee Scott is really good, too. This is super compelling. J.J. Myers as a running back, all that guy does is score touchdowns. Uh, Buster Daniels group obviously won this last year. I think it's a toss-up, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that one Thursday night. We'll be there. It's not going to be as cold as it was last year. Remember, yes. last year it was really cold. Freezing. Uh, this year I think it's going to be upper 50s, low 60s, so we'll take that. Tony Harris County got the big win over the fourth seed Ola, who was seven and three. It was a tough matchup. Harris County wins ten games for the first time in school history. Incredible. They're taking on a Statesboro team, despite their record. They're four and seven. They played a tough non-region opponents, and they have a very tough region. If Harris County can get by Statesboro, they could be hosting undefeated Jefferson in the quarterfinals. How far can the Harris County Tigers go? We just talk about the success they've had as a whole. Coach Tommy Watson and his guys in year two have done so many more things impressive than what they did in their first year. And he really talked about he learned some of his players. Matei Yeoman, the guy has been impressive. He was a linebacker up until like, <laughs> up until this year, and now he's their star running back, it seems. He's always getting to the play. I can't tell you how many highlights we've had on that man. We talk about the success in these games they've had early on, going back to Sandy Creek. I knew that was kind of that fundamental game changer, and ever since then, They've just been consistently rolling off wins. That one loss to Troop County early on in the season, I want to say it's almost like Alabama-esque in the way that they've been able to really just dominate in other games going forward. Right. I think they have what it takes to possibly make a run all the way to the state championship this year. Richard, what do you think about Harris County? You think they can win this game? I think that they definitely could beat Statesboro, but if they could face Jefferson in the quarterfinals, even though Jefferson's undefeated, yeah. that home crowd could make the difference. And if Harris County does what they do best, just ground and pound with that offensive line, we know that Coach Watson, a former offensive lineman from Mississippi State, he takes pride in controlling the line of scrimmage, and that's what Harris County's got to do. they got to play keep away. they got to control the clock and keep that offense on the field. It's crazy. Worst to first, they were not good at all. Yeah, not at all. So first and yeah. you know, Hamilton, a small community, high school football is everything up there. And I think there was a lot of concerns and questions about Tommy Watson in his first season. Yeah. You know, what's going on here? To come out and win 10 games and make a school record, that's an incredible. You cannot speak enough to what they've done 
up there this year. Yeah, they were questioning them, and they were questioning also that Tommy Watson's son was the quarterback in that first season in which they struggled. <laughs> right, it is right, honest. Right. And then in this past year, Levi Watson's been a, not only a game manager, he's been Come a baller, he's Absolutely. been a leader, yes, and he's been one of the main Grand pieces. Ogletree. Right. Yes. You can't forget some of the big Miguel guys. Miguel And how about, Miguel I love, Savilla, yeah, the whole nine. and I watched y'all's highlights, <laughs> and I heard my man Hoppy said, it's the same story every week for Matei Yeoman. <laughs> it really is. My man gets 600 yards, and most I, of it is in the second half. Sometimes we don't see the highlights before they come on. If it goes to a Harris County game, you can expect two things. Yeoman's going to run it in and pull those people, and then Rand Ogletree is going to make a touchdown grab from Levi Watson. Catches, it really has been the same story. And then occasionally you'll get a defensive play or something. Right. They have just – Tony is usually the guy to be like, hey, I think they can make deep runs. I'm usually the one to be like, hey, it gets pretty tough. Yeah, man. They have answered every test. They really have not blinked. And yeah. it's to me, it's the story of the year in our area. Yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. They're definitely the surprise team. The sleeping giant has awoken. All right, let's talk about two rivalry games that are happening in this area. Uh Reese, you can go first, and then Hoppy, you can take the second one. First one, Brooks on Bricelli. There is a lot of bad blood between these two schools. If you don't know about it, insiders know they don't like each other at all. And in my opinion, if Brooks on wins, and this is a hot take, but if they want this more than they want a state championship, which is beating Pacelli. These seniors have not been able to fill that victory in over four seasons. They want this worse than anything, and that is to take away the crown for Pacelli in the quarterfinals. Reese, that's yours, and then you can take Auburn and Central, another great rivalry. If you said it best, I've actually been to both schools this week alone, and, man, the preparation they're putting into this is just phenomenal. You talk about a team. They played each other now three times, two to three times and went into overtime. Every last game has been at Pacelli recently. It's yeah. back at Pacelli again. And we know that they literally give each other their best of games, their best of worst. And the point out to where you're looking at, like, man, you talk about both of these coaches, they have long history way before Columbus days, going back to their former schools and everything in between. And they're both just really game prime. We talk about Pacelli being back-to-back -back, uh, defending national – defending champions, correction. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we talk about that, man. I'm just thinking about Auburn, Alabama, everything in between, right. Georgia. Everything. We'll get there. But we talk about all the things in between, man. I think this is one of those games where Pacelli knows they have to win this game to concede on. Coach Dwight Jones makes sure his guys know that. Meanwhile, Coach Rance Gillespie and his guys are – they want to get this win, like you said, for those seniors, for those guys that have been on the Gosh, front they've lines. They've been so close. They know they've been so close every time, and somehow, some way, it's always some freak play last minute in overtime that's a game winner, and you're like, well, what's going to be this case? So you talk about a team that's already played. That's the trick part about playing a team twice in one season. We all know. Here we go again. We're looking at a team that they know. Literally, you take them to overtime. Now where are we going to go here? Is Ken Brookstone do the unimaginable and knock off Michelli at home in front of their home crowd? Because we know they're going to bring just as big a crowd as anybody. So there's a lot of factors here. I think it's definitely going to be another toss-up, but I hope the better team comes out on top. And that's, by the way, y'all's game of the week. The y'all yeah. will be there for that. Uh, we're doing our high school game day from there. Then i got to go and broadcast the Calvary semifinal game. We won't touch on that one, but they take on Kings Academy. That's a big one. Also, Spencer hosts Fitzgerald and Carver Upson Lee. The reason I mentioned that we won't have time to talk about them because I really want to get in some college football with you two gentlemen. But Auburn Central, that's a big one. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And usually that would be our game of the week in this slot. We right. went with Brookstone Pacelli simply because what this matchup has been lately, back-to-back -back overtime games, it's budding into what Auburn Central has been now for years, and certainly it's on a larger scale over in Alabama. But I will say this, in Columbus, 
I don't get stopped about any game more than Brookstone Pacelli. The yeah. alums of that game really tune into it. They want to know what's going on. Uh, and obviously it's drawn a lot, of, a lot of attention now that they play in the playoffs. So to me, this feels like an ascension of a rivalry that was localized to now is one of the best rivalries in the state. I mean, when you play in the playoffs consistently, those are the games that really matter. Uh, exactly. But Auburn Central, this one is not like it nor – it's usually more of a toss-up. I think everyone would agree right now that Central is the clear favorite. No doubt. They have dominated all season. That being said, Auburn is always so gritty. And I think going on the road to Garrett Harrison Stadium, a place they won, by the way, last year in the state semifinals to go to the 7A state finals – They'll be ready to go. I'm just not sure that they have the guys they did last year. Uh, they've been going through a couple players at quarterback, just a lot of stuff up in the air based on injuries and different things. They have some weapons, but Central is a juggernaut, and they haven't played in a close game all season. So until that happens, you got to think Central would win and advance to host a state semifinal game once again next year. And Cam Coleman, by the way, we don't talk about him enough. The wide receiver, five-star, who is committed to Texas A&M. And reports, I believe, from on three say they contacted him and said he's still committed, but his recruitment is still open. A lot of people on the planes want Hugh Freeze to come back down. We'll see if he's there uh, this weekend yeah. because he could make the trip with the Saturday home game. Camp Coleman is one of the best players to ever come through this area. And remember that name because no matter where he goes, he's going to make some serious noise. Yeah, and by the way, you mentioned Hugh Freeze. He's going to be speaking at the Sports Visions Awards Lunch on mm. December the 7th. Y'all yes, two will both be there for that. And uh, maybe he'll be trying to do a recruiting pitch to Mr. Cam Coleman <laughs> yeah. at December 7th, Sports yeah. Visions Awards Lunch. I wish he could talk about that because I'd straight up ask him, no, uh, what no. do you think about Cam Coleman? You know, but I actually, funny story, I asked Nick Saban one time at the Sports Visions luncheon. Yeah. I had never interviewed Nick Saban. I don't really get nervous with guys, but I was kind of like right up to him. And, right. oh, you know, what am I going to ask? And I asked him about a player, I believe it was from Carver, that had not signed. So until they sign, the they coaches talk. cannot talk about them on record. So he looked at me and he said, well, I don't know if you're aware of the rules or not, but uh, I can't talk about any player that's not officially signed. And I just went, okay, coach. <laughs> <laughs> you gave him the nod like, yes, sir. All right, next question. Yeah. Uh, don't How about this crowd? I mean, <laughs> what can you say? Right. And speaking of Nick Saban, I think that's Man. a great transition. Let's get into some college football real quickly before we have out our next guest, Tom Callahan. I know we're running a little bit late. We also started a little bit later than expected. Um, Let's talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Since that South Florida game, this Alabama team has been on a whole nother level. They took care of business against LSU. They mollywhopped Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And they look like every bit a top four team. And outside of Georgia, which we'll talk about in a moment, mm -hmm. I think they're one of the favorites to win it all. And I put them up there with Michigan, who has played not a great schedule. Right. Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Washington on a neutral field. How can you pick against Alabama that now is clicking on all cylinders? Jonathan, you can start with them. Alabama, I mean, pretty incredible to turn around. Well, I think it all starts with the Auburn game. Uh, 
Miss Terry, by the way, Nick yeah. Saban's wife, I saw a quote. I saw that. Mentioned the Auburn game. That's right. Already. Already. And I think it was before they played Kentucky. So this Auburn game seemed really flat a few weeks ago, and now it feels like, man, Hugh Freeze is starting to – it's funny how the narratives change. But Always. It's all going to come down to that game. They'll blow past Chattanooga. What can they do against Auburn? They'll be favored. And then, of course, the Georgia game. I'll have more on that in a minute. But, uh, Tony, I know you agree with me on that. This, they've, think about how much they've turned it around. Jonathan, week to week, man, we talk about Jalen Milrow really growing into his game. And since that Texas loss, it's just been impressive to see what he's been able to do with the offense. And then Coach Saban has said he hasn't been fretting in anything going forward in this matchups, man. We just talk about the Iron Bowl. We go back to the Auburn-Georgia game. That game was a pretty close one. Ed Jordan Harris, we look at this, this Iron Bowl, we know just a couple years ago went four overtimes. Will that yeah. be the case again? We just never know, you know. I think exactly. it's going to be a good one, no doubt. I can't wait for it. And we'll be there for Sports Visions. I know we'll see WTBM <laughs> in the building, WRBL, Jack P, and, and Redmond. It's going to be all hands on deck no for doubt. media members around here. Richard. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about Georgia because yes. as we were getting ready to watch this Ole Miss game, I, I actually thought it was going to be a great game. Lane Kiffin takes the ball first, goes for it in his own 35. <laughs> They're up 7 nothing. It's 14-14. I'm like, okay, we're going to have a great game. Right, right. And then Georgia imposed their will. And by the way, Brock Bowers coming back from that injury. Unreal. Is absolutely heroic. I mean, he did. it's like he didn't even skip a beat. It's a freak is what he He's is. He's a freak. Oh, exactly. Superman He's for not a reason, human. Man. <laughs> and uh, Carson Beck just looks the part. He has just got so much confidence. Uh, I Right now, I believe Georgia is the team to beat. I mean, they are right now a three-point favorite if you know playing Alabama I know it's going to be in two weeks we got plenty of time to talk about the SEC championship I've really just nitpicked this game because I know that all these matchups Georgia has had a double-digit lead on Alabama since Kirby Smart took over the program but what is your impression about Georgia and uh, we'll start with you Jonathan uh, just tell me how like they haven't skipped a beat it seems like they lost 25 players to the NFL but they continue to reload, and they continue being the favorite, and I believe they are the favorites to 3 P. Did you just mention the spread from the SEC championship game? <laughs> they can't yeah, they've already, they've already. I'm telling you that, that, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but that is what's going to make these next couple of weeks interesting. Very. If Alabama or Georgia slips up at all, we know Alabama can't slip up. Georgia could probably lose. They can lose uh, one Tennessee. of the games, and then win the SEC championship, they would be in. Yeah. But I think I got excited when you bring up Georgia. I'm not a fan. I don't care who wins the games. But seeing this unfold, you almost have to pinch yourself when you think about how many games they've won in a row. I think Kirby Smart is about to win the most consecutive SEC games ever. He's already won more in a row than Saban ever has. It just seems crazy to me. They should be getting talked about more. And I know that seems crazy to say, but all anyone wants to talk about is Michigan and the sign stealing. Georgia, who might take over the number one spot, I don't know if they've dropped that yet, if it's halftime of that basketball game or not. They are incredible. Brock Bowers comes back from a severe injury, scores a touchdown. They did not blink against a top 10 team. I don't have anything else to say. They dominate college football, period. Tony? We talk about how impressive they have been, man. I think it was a disrespect thing for them not to be the number one team last week. So we talk about them coming out in an explosive, I mean explosive fashion. They brought back Brock Bowers, and it was a question on if the man would even play significant yardage or significant downs. 
He scored his first touchdown back, literally, what, four weeks post-surgery? We talk about, man, this tightrope. Okay. I don't know what type of drugs and what type of stuff they're giving him, but, hey, if I ever go down like that, I hope I can bounce back up the same. But this man, this team is impressive. We talk about so many of our local guys play for this team as well. So that, that connection alone just kind of makes it stand out to me a little bit. We just talk about the success. Like he said, man, Coach Kirby Smart and what the, these guys are doing, Coach Dale McGee and all those guys up on the staff. It's just impressive to watch, man. And I love that we get to do this yeah. here in our area. Yeah, I love it Let too. Let me share a quick story. I was at the dentist this morning. I won't okay. disclose where. I was at the dentist, and I'm sitting there getting my teeth cleaned, and I can hear next to me, yeah, I've already booked my hotel room to Houston. Yeah, uh, I think if we get past Alabama, we'll go in undefeated. But uh, looking forward to another run. That's what people are saying right now. <laughs> Georgia fans committed, have man. already booked their rooms to Houston. I know people, too, that have booked cancelable, cancelable Airbnbs to New Orleans on New Year's Eve for the potential semifinal game. Right. That's a bit even more bold, maybe, because they could be in Pasadena. Right. Uh, but that's how these fans feel, and you can't really blame them. I mean, yeah. until something happens, might as well make your plans. More of the story is be a dentist. You get a lot of money, and you can pick where <laughs> right. the game well, you want to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got a lot of money. But real quick, yeah, I'm going to say this. Y'all touched about Auburn. They've been on the right track since being three and four. Now they're six and four. If they win this week, they'll be seven and four. Even if they lose Alabama, seven and five. I think that's a really good season in Hugh Freeze inaugural season. But gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having y'all on here to talk sports. Y'all are excellent guests. We uh, love having you on. Hoppy, yeah. been on all three times. Thank you, Tony Reese, for making your first appearance. So, gentlemen, before we let you go, tell everyone where they can find you, where you're going to be this week, the Highlight Factory, what, what's all happening. <laughs> wrong that wrong nickname one. Is taken. Wrong one. Not <laughs> Actually, you know, that nickname is retired. I was about to say, because everyone's a highlight. I mean, the, I hear Highlight Factory, I'm thinking the Atlanta Hawks, because I heard it from Steve Holman. Right. So, I didn't know that Jack Patterson patented the Highlight Factory, but either way, yeah. floor is yours. I think there's like a himself. sticky note on top of the office. It's probably more complex than that. If he's watching, <laughs> I'm sure he'll let me know that right. it was custom made. But I uh, know we love Jack and Tyler. But yeah. yeah, sports overtime, last episode of the year, Sir. Friday, wow, 11:15 uh, Eastern on WTVM, and uh, we'll be out at uh, Brookstone Pacelli Friday night. Can't wait. Where can they follow you on social media, guys? Uh, J.A. Hop 23, and then WTVM Sports, and then Tony Reese TV and Tony Reese WTVM on Facebook. It's Tony. It's Hop. It's our guys. It's Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Quick break. We're going to bring on Tom Callahan of the Columbus River Dragons right here on the Georgia Alabama Sports Live show. All right, welcome back to the final segment of the Georgia Alabama Sports Live show. We've had a lot of fun here at Happy Hour Bar and Grill, and now we get to bring on a very esteemed guest and a guy that I've looked up to. He is hit up the highest of the highs. He is one of the best broadcasters in our area. He's one of the best play-by-play -play announcers. As a guy that's in play-by-play, -play, I try to mimic and learn from him every single podcast. It's an excellent job for the Columbus River Dragons and the Chattahoots. He works for Ignite Sports. It's Tom Callahan. Tom, how are you, man? I'm good, guys. You know, sometimes I can teach you what not to do as well as what to do. So, oh, well, you hear you got some fans here. We got some big River Dragons fans around this yeah, area. So that's the first thing I'm going to start with, Tom. Okay. We've had you on Sports Visions, and we're going to talk about the home opener and everything River Dragons. But first I want to talk about it's been a year now since you've been a part in the Columbus. So talk about living here in Columbus, getting to know the fans, and the fan interaction that is pretty incredible when it comes to how much they love their River Dragons. They, they do, and hockey in Columbus goes back 
before the River Dragons, the Cotton Mouths, the fan base has been here and growing for, what, 25 years. Right. Uh, maybe even a little longer than that. I mean, it's just, it's incredible to see when you come into a place, and I know the military base plays into that a little bit, but there, you know, you get a lot of transplants here, but you also get a lot of locals who love the game of hockey. And especially with us, we find with hockey, no, no matter where you go, anywhere I've been, right. uh, it's come on and sample the product. And I guarantee you, if you come to a live hockey game, watching it on TV is great. Like, we've got it on here, you know, at, at the bar. And, right. Um, that's fun. 4K is awesome. But nothing beats being there. Tom, I enjoy uh, listening to you do play-by-play for hockey. You really make the game sound exciting. And I've, I just want to say I've been a pleasure to uh, work with you with the Columbus Chattahoots and the Chattahoochee Monsters. You did an amazing job with that. It was just an incredible experience to be up in the booth. You're a true professional, and you really make the game sound exciting. But when it comes to play-by-play for the River Dragons, we know about this fan base. A lot of them are former Cottonmouths fans. Uh, but you have – you just have this special fan base that loves hockey. And so when they go to a River Dragons game or if they listen to the game on YouTube, they are all in. And the expectations for the Columbus River Dragons really has been a Commissioner's Cup trophy. I know they won the Ignite Cup in 2021. There was only four teams. They had the shortened COVID year, and a lot of teams, uh, they bailed out. But then you come in 2022, they took on the Watertown Wolves. It went to double overtime. They were so close in 2020. Last year, losing to Carolina, going into this season, and you have the veterans coming back like Jay Krupp, Josh Pietrantonio, Austin Doe. But in your mind, there's been six games already. The team's 5-1. and one. They played on the road against the Baton Rouge Zydeco. Well, first of all, how was that road trip? And with the brand-new expansion teams, the travel is going to be less. I mean, what are you looking forward to about not having to take a bus all the way up to Watertown? Just not going to Watertown. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to Watertown. Yeah, that is the short or any- um, We still have to go to Michigan uh, this year twice, which is fine. But uh, you know what? It is – going to be a little easier. There's a new team in Baton Rouge, as you mentioned. There's also a new team in, in Whitfield or Whitefield, Georgia. Not sure how you, or uh, Virginia, sorry. Uh, a little closer. They've been now actually shifted into our division, which they weren't at the beginning of the season. Doesn't make a difference. The schedule's set for this year. However, it's nice to know that our travel is going to be a little bit less. Wear and tear, time on the bus, it makes a difference. You know, over the course of the season, we're not making a trip to Watertown, Binghamton, Danbury, we're not seeing those teams this year unless we see them in the playoffs. Right. So that is a big difference in the wear and tear of the players. Um, you know, it was it was nice to go to a new city, to be honest with you. I've never been to Baton Rouge. So it was cool to see Baton Rouge. And, and I'll tell you what, the downtown area, they've done a nice job reviving. I'm a big walk around the city guy. Um, and it was great. We really enjoyed, you know, a little bit of time we got to be down there. The USS Kid is right there on the Mississippi, and it is right on the Mississippi, which right. is really cool. Beautiful building. Um, so we just had a lot of a lot of fun, you know, going in. And, of course, taking five out of six games doesn't hurt. Uh, so we start off with, you know, uh, a pretty good chunk of points to start the season. It's 15 points in, out of a possible 18 for us to start. I think, Richard, to go back to how you started this conversation with prefacing, okay, Ignite Cup and then, you know, losing in double OT and then losing in the conference final last year, um, the, there was unfinished business. I think that two guys you mentioned, Josh Petrantonio and Austin Doe, seriously thought about not coming back. They seriously thought about retirement, about moving on to the next phase of their life. Right. Um, 
but when you lose the way they lost because that team was so good all year and then sputtered a little bit in the playoffs. And it was just enough um, that you lose that decisive game three. I think that really stuck in their craw all summer. And so where it went from last year, those guys kind of feeling tired, feeling like, I don't know if I want to do this. I think it just sat with them all summer. And, and a lot of the guys who have come back and are part of the core this year, there is unfinished business. And this year, I think they've come in in better shape, more ready to go uh, right out of the gate. We haven't scored less than four goals in a game yet. Wow. So, Incredible. yeah, it's, I mean, the team has come out absolutely firing. Um, so they are ready, and I think we're deeper this year. I think off the ice, the recruiting they did, uh, some guys like, you know, Alexander Jameyev looks like he spent some serious time in the gym. Right. Uh, and he's come back ready to go and stronger. We've added some guys like Justin McDonald has a point in every game so far, and he's got 15 points already. Wow. So, you know, they've just started at a different level right. than they started last year. And I know some out there would say, well, you know, you can't stay hot all year. Right. No, you can't. At some point, you're going to have a low. We're not right. going to win every single it's game. It's a long season. Right. It sure is. And you got to manage yourself a little bit. But, man, the depth of this year's team offensively and defensively is completely, even in net, is completely different than it was last year. So that's why I think this team is a little more built for the long run. And I think that's awesome. And there's a guy leading them that has been doing it for a long time, and that is Jerome Boom Boom, which just did the coaches. By the way, you can go to how the people can go watch the coach show right after this question. Um, so talk about Coach Bouchard, who's been doing this since I was young. Uh, it seems like he still has the same energy, passion about it, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So talk about what he means to this team and what does he feel this team after a few short weeks. So I, I think you can't talk about Boomer. You can't talk about hockey in Columbus. He's, he's synonymous with it the way very few people are. But right. If you are. And he has chosen to make Columbus his home. So if you're coming to play on his team, that is what you're getting as part of the, the sales pitch, if you will. The recruitment is come to Columbus. It's not just this team. It's not just this building. It's this community. Right. And so he feels, I, I think, a duty in addition to the passion and the, the, the want to win and, and to be a part of that. He feels that he needs to, to keep this team successful. He needs to make it something that the community can be proud of right. and to come out and be a centerpiece, a showpiece for Columbus, and I think it is. Uh, and, you know, that his passion and excitement for the game, I think, really drives a lot of that, and it rubs off on the guys. Right. He wants them, you know, to play a simple, straightforward brand of hockey. Yes, it can be high-flying entertaining. Uh, there's a lot to it, but if you, if you know anything about Boom when he played, more of a physical guy, uh, was, was not afraid of anything. Not at all. And, uh, you know, what that that sets the tone for who he was as a player. He has that respect as a coach because he has been there and done that. Um, and actually, I do want to say, just having his number retired by the Birmingham Bulls. There you go. Uh, we all went up there. The whole team surprised him, went up on the bus. No way. Showed up at the ceremony. <laughs> um, he may have gotten a little teary-eyed during his speech, So, but to have his jersey in the Raptors and for a team that goes back as far as the Birmingham Bulls do, all the way to the WHA in the late 70s, he's the first number they've ever retired. That's wow. pretty incredible. That says amazing things. Yeah. So that's the kind of guy he is, and that's – who you're playing for if you come to this town. Go ahead and plug it. Where, where so, can, so you just had the coaches show, and you coaches do it every show, Tuesday. Yes. 
Every Tuesday night, uh, we're on our flagship 106.9 Really Rocks, live 6 to 7. Uh, then probably Thursday or so, it goes up as a podcast on our YouTube channel, which is at Columbus River Dragons. Okay. And then we have the TV Coaches Show, which we just taped. That is on Christian Television Network, Channel 16, WYBU. Uh, and they're on pretty much all the cable providers, or if you got rabbit ears. Right. Uh, that is on Thursday nights at 7, 7 or 7.30. Now I'm forgetting. And then Sunday at 11 a.m. There we go. There's a replay. Columbus, and by the way, why you said that 106.9 really rocks. One of our supporters, exactly, the company that I work for, PNB Broadcasting, that partners with Columbus River Dragons, Dave Arbor, Joseph Brandon. We appreciate the love and support. And uh, I was actually was supposed to before it got canceled. The Veterans Parade. I was going to drive that 106.9 really rocks. So I'll be driving that for the next parade, the Christmas one we got coming up here in a few weeks. So I know about that station, and it's a really good flagship. The new station band's for. pretty cool, by the way. Yeah, I love it's it very too. Cool. Yeah. Tom, what are some of the newcomers on this team that has made an impact so far in the season? Good question. So we started with Justin McDonald, uh, who is a guy, he's a veteran, who has been uh, across the leagues at this level, a three-time MVP, a three-time champion, uh, a three-time goal-scoring leader or point-scoring leader in the league. So this is a guy who his resume probably can't get any better unless he just wins something else, which we're hoping he does here. So out of the gate... The line of McDonald, Jemayef, and Cody Wickline came out flying. Uh, already in the first six games, as I told you, McDonald's got a point in all of those games, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points. So he's over two points a game. Uh, that line has been absolutely dominant. But, again, the beauty of us having the scoring depth, uh, this team has gotten a lot better, a lot deeper. He is probably far and away the number one addition. Uh, he's a leader. He's already has an A on his sweater. Um, just a big name, and I think he's going to become a quick fan favorite, right. you know, here in Columbus. So I really like him. Some of the younger guys, and we'll talk about the rookies, uh, because every year I know the fans are always, they have their favorites. They love their Petros and their Dozers and their Croupies. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this year we have a really good crop of rookies. Sequoia Swan is a guy who spent some time in the Western Hockey League. He can play physical, play tough, score the first goal of the year, though, so he looks like he might have some hands, too. Um, Another guy is Carson Andrioli, who is a just a big physical player, but also has some finesse. Unfortunately, he got hurt last game. He's ah. going to be out for the weekend. He'll be back soon, but just out for the weekend. Right. Um, so, you know, he's another guy I would definitely keep an eye on. Ryan Hunter played a few games in this last year. Uh, went back to finish his junior season with the, the Brantford Bulls. Now he's back with the River Dragons. He's another guy who's out there. And I know fans like guys who bang. Yep. Andrioli put a guy on the bench. And the, and the that makes everybody happy. Oh, yeah, he just, just knocked <laughs> him right out of the bench. Uh, Hunter goes out, he will hit. Swan will go out, he will hit. Um, you know, we have we have a lot of just guys who are willing to play that team tough style. And then defensively, a lot of our forwards from last year are playing defense this year. People recognize names like Ryan Gill, Kirk Underwood. Um, Lane King is playing on defense. He's actually got a point in every game to start yep. the year. Uh, but a new guy's Carter Shinkarek probably the fastest skater on the team, if not the league, just can skate circles around people and handle the puck. He's he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, a little more veteran guy. He actually has a cousin who plays in the NHL. Okay. Plays for the Canucks. Uh, he likes in the family. Well, and he told me he was the least talented in the family. I'm like, well, you're still pretty darn good. <laughs> right. Like, you're no slouch. Right. So, um, you know, they were more of a, a puck-moving team. Um a skating team, and I think that that's going to be real exciting for the fans. It, there will be no shortage of offense. 
That's for sure. It's a home opener this weekend. Promote who we're playing against. How can fans get tickets? If, if they can't make it, where can they watch or listen to the game? Absolutely. So Friday night is the home opener against the Mississippi Sea Wolves, 7.35 p.m. Tickets are on sale for the whole season single games at Ticketmaster.com. Um, you can always go to the Columbus Civic Center box office if you happen to be downtown during regular business hours. Uh, we still have season tickets on sale. If you are so inclined, we would love to have you for the whole year. No doubt. Uh, so that game, though, coming up Friday night is is going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be pregame ceremonies and activities. Um, if you can't make it down to the game, we are on YouTube. We have all the games on YouTube at Columbus River Dragons and on the flagship station, 106.9 Really Rocks. Uh, just real quick, if I can, promote a couple games on the schedule. Please. Friday the 24th, Black Friday. We have that game coming up. That's going to be a lot of fun. December 9th is our fifth anniversary celebration. We have special fifth anniversary jerseys. It is the fifth anniversary of the River Dragons, so that's going to be our fifth nice. anniversary party. And then December 16th, my favorite game of the year, Teddy Bear Toss and Ugly Sweater Night. <laughs> so when, when the first goal is scored, people bring their, their you know, teddy bears and, and stuffed animals to the game and we throw them on the ice and uh, we team up with, with Toys for Tots and then our guys will go out and distribute them to local uh, children and families in need. So. Okay, that's awesome. Yes. I love a good ugly sweater. I, oh, who doesn't? And it, especially a good Christmas party, you got to wear an ugly sweater. Who doesn't want to be able to do that? This yeah. is Tom freaking Callahan, play-by-play -play announcer for the Columbus River Dragons, Ignite Sports, the best in the business, no doubt about it, and a guy that I have looked up to and uh, worked with and going to continue to uh, learn from and is a good friend of mine. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming on. I know you're a busy guy, but we appreciate it. I'm pleased that you guys have me on. Thank you so much. And uh, you know what? I look forward to, during this year, you guys coming down to the games no and, doubt. and having a good time. And, uh, and that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's entertainment. It's fun. Family-oriented. It's just it's a blast, and yeah. I love it. I, I don't know what else I would do with myself, to be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm having too good a time doing this. Same thing, man. And listen, he gave us our credentials, by the way, so we made it media-wise so we can go and cover some River Dragons games. We've had a lot of fun today. Thank you to our guests, including Tom Callahan, Jonathan Hoppy, and Tony Reese. Tim Fanning, the AD for Glenwood, the AD Steve Smith from Calvary. We appreciate everyone that came on. Coach Nelson could make it because you know why? He's preparing for a state championship game. So pretty important game, Tom. Yeah. It's all right if he didn't make it on. But thank you to everyone else. We're going to probably have on time many more times throughout the season, including hopefully Coach Jerome Boom Boom Bouchard. Sports Visions on Thursday, 4 to 6 p.m., 92.1 Smooth R&B. And I will be at CBCC tomorrow for their boys' basketball game. I'll be calling that one. State Championship for Glenwood on Thursday, and then the semifinal game for Calvary on Friday. Busy, 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 and you got the River Dragons all weekend. It's a great time to be alive sports in the Tri-City area. From Tom, Richard, I'm Thrift, Georgia, Alabama Sports Live, signing off here at Happy Hour Bar and Grill.